0: Hello again and welcome to Bible 101. I'm here today with Brother Ross who just finished teaching his lesson on creation versus evolution and I thought it would be neat for us to have a discussion on the Bible and science um, because a lot of people would hear the lesson that he just taught and the lesson I taught in uh, Bible 101 lesson 2 and they would say it's oversimplification, and they would call us idiots because we don't believe in uh, evolution at least not in the terms that they define it and um, I would like to mention something here today that one of the things they'll point to that say, they say proves evolution is uh, adapting. Uh, like for instance, insects that adapt to certain types of poisons. And they would say, well, see, there's, there's a form of evolution. But there is a difference between adapting and evolving. And uh, one thing I wanted to point out, and I think this is very important, is the definition of science. Now watch this. The intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Now, when you're talking about things like uh, the Big Bang and you're talking about things like uh, the beginning of all things, there is speculation involved in, even in science science claims to be that which is provable and testable Uh, however you can't uh, go back and say that this has been proven or tested because nobody was there in the beginning they can say well uh, you know we've done experiments and and because of this experiment and the success of this experiment it proves evolution Um, and so one of the things i wanted to talk about is the fact of I have a problem with somebody telling me that evolution is a proven fact because it's not a proven fact. It was not observed, not at least in the beginning. And you can point to the fossil records and you could say, well, look at the fossil records and look at the the evolution of certain types of of animals. And I know I'm oversimplifying things. Uh, And they'll say, well, see, that that proves it. That doesn't prove anything. Uh, And somebody, let's just say, for instance, that we evolved from a monkey, okay? which is kind of the, the common thing. You see the pictures of you know, the, the, uh, the evolving of uh, you know, a monkey into a human being. And uh, a lot of people will point to that and they'll say, well, look at the similarities between the monkey and the human. And I, I don't want to get over technical, but they'll say we share 99% of our genes with a monkey, with an ape. Um, but what they don't mention is that that 1% is very important. Yes. And it makes all the difference. And so me and Brother Ross are just going to kind of talk about uh, can science and the Bible be compatible? My point is, yes, they are compatible when science is done right. Okay. Uh, But when science is done wrong, of course it's not compatible. And he mentioned in his lesson talking about uh, evolution is a lie. And Brother Ross, could you just kind of expound on that idea? Maybe here just for a few moments.
1: Evolution is a lie. Um, there's a I've read a lot about where this the you know you could go back to, uh, to uh, the when evolution first began to be talked about in the uh, the book that uh, that the great evolutionist uh, his name slipped in my mind Darwin Darwin Charles Darwin and uh, Origin of Species <clears throat> the Origin of Species and. Um, and even in the late 1700s, you can go back and kind of read this. There, there began to be this this doubting of the word of God. And, and let me let me let me say it this way: I'm trying to answer your question here, Brother Mills. But um, when when people when people begin to leave the word of God out of their study of the world, that's when they can't begin to come up with man's in, uh, man's fallible ideas began to come into play and most of the time you can point back to the late 1700s when that type of thinking become into being. In fact, this idea of millions and billions of years, uh, early, early scientists, and you can read some of Isaac, uh, Isaac Newton's, um, some of his writings, he was, he was a creationist, and uh, but when they begin to come up with this this, this idea of, of evolution, uh, they begin to realize very quickly that, uh, that molecules to man or monkeys to man uh, would not happen as quickly as they thought. And so they begin to expand the period of time that all this had, had to happen, the millions and the billions of years. And so I asked somebody one time that I was having this discussion with, uh, I said, look, where did the idea of millions and billions of years come from I said did it come from the Bible or did it come from a man it come from a man where did the idea of six creative days come from it comes from the Bible and so i go back again to the presuppositions that we have which what is your starting point in all of this and evolution is not is not compatible with the word of god and when we talk about uh, adaptation or natural selection i've often used the example of um, <clears throat> Dog breeders, dog breeders. The, uh, the Bible talks about the different kinds of animals that He created, and no doubt that there was a dog kind at one point. And from that dog kind, we have wolves and coyotes and, and domesticated dogs. And uh, man has taken the, the natural selection of dogs to an unbelievable level. Uh, you have dogs uh, that fit in a teacup and chihuahuas, and then you have great Danes and mastiffs that are that are two two pushing three hundred pounds, I suppose. And uh, how did all that happen? Was that an evolutionary process? No, the DNA, the information was already there in that dog kind, and it was selectively, uh, you know, the the traits that they would want in a particular dog. They don't want it all. Dogs with all brown hair. They would they would call out just dogs with brown hair and, and breed them, and then over a period of time, you would have dogs with just brown hair. That's not evolution. That's that's a, a, that's a adaptation. It's natural selection.
0: Yeah, I actually can use an example. Uh, we have a cat that started showing up at our place and won my heart over. I'm not a cat person. Never have been. Uh, actually, I hate cats. <laughs> but until I met this certain cat and uh, this cat really won my heart over and it would show up at our place at night and uh, just randomly showed up on our porch and uh, I began to pet the cat and it won my heart over. Uh, This cat came back pregnant uh, a little bit later after we kind of took it under our wing and so it came in and had its babies in the house Um, and so we didn't have much of an option we're not going to throw kittens out in the cold but these kittens look a little bit like the mother but uh, there's one of them at least that that really doesn't favor the mother at all and so if you have one type of cat mate with a different totally different type of cat well then uh, a matter of fact is that the babies may not look like the mother right Um, but what is kind of like what you're saying here is that uh, you know, you breed these two types of dogs. Is that That's not evolution. That's just a natural fact of life. Right. And uh, one of the things I want to talk about, though, is uh, there is a modern attempt in our day to liberalize the Bible, for lack of a better term. And uh, people want to uh, try to marry the Bible with modern theory in order to uh, kind of take the pressure mm-hmm. off. of the church because the church by scientists and uh they are called scientific naturalists uh they put so much pressure on people that believe the bible and they say basically their approaches and you talked about worldviews and i love that because it's right uh it depends on what's your starting point and they have a starting point of naturalism we have a starting point of creationism. Okay? And so they say that I'm not going to believe anything miraculous unless it can be observed and tested. But isn't that ironic, Brother Ross? Yes, it because is. they weren't there in the beginning. They didn't observe it and they can't test it. I don't care how much they say they can, they can't test it. Right. It's impossible for them to test it. That's why the theory hasn't evolved. You know what I'm saying? That's right. The theory of evolution has had to evolve. Even Darwin in the beginning said there were certain things he said if this can be proven wrong it destroys my theory. Those things have been proven proven wrong. wrong.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, There is a lot of Pray, I've I've read a lot of accounts of individuals that were Bible believers, believed in the creation of God, that, that wanted to that wanted to go to college and advance their you know their careers and uh, in in the in the sciences and there were and and there was great pressure in those colleges and from their professors uh, about accepting evolution as a fact. That's a real problem when, when uh, they don't even want to call it a theory anymore. They want to say it's a fact and mm. it's been proven. And people hear that and they, they read it in their magazines and they read it in their news accounts uh, when they see, you know, there'll be a new new fossil that's discovered. And the, the scientists say, well, this fossil is 165 million years old. How do you know you wasn't there? <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, and, we, and, you know, dating methods, we could, that's another discussion. But there's a lot, a lot of pressure, and, and, and people will see this and read it. Well, this scientist, he's an archaeologist, he's a, he's a geologist, and he says it's 165 million years, and he's presenting it as fact. But, but I, have, I have tried to pay very close attention when I read an article like that. You will, you will see words like, uh, the geologists believe that, Mm-hmm. Or they they uh, they surmise that maybe not surmise but they'll they'll believe and they think and words like that are usually buried in there but it's presented as fact but it's also says they believe this they believe that and and you can go to zoos and there'll be plaques beside uh, beside the animal that you're viewing and and um, there may even be some little goofy looking creature that says that the animal that you're looking at once used to look look like this chipmunk, and you're looking at a rhinoceros or something. I mean, it's just, and, and I know Brother Mills said we can oversimplify it, but it really, to, to me, uh, and we, we could talk about the watchmaker, and I don't mean to go off so many directions here, but th- this this okay. this, <laughs> this subject gets my mind going in a lot of different directions. It's a good, it's I, I, a good theory,
0: the watchmaker. Can we talk about that? That was uh, William Paley, Paley, a man by the name of William Paley. William Paley. Uh, just to reference what he's talking about here. Uh, came up with this brilliant argument of arguing for a creator Uh, say you're this is this is probably not exactly like what it is but I'm just I'm just for those of you that are listening that aren't aware of the watchmaker um, he used the illustration of let's say you're walking through the desert uh, and you come across a watch and you find this watch you're not gonna assume that this watch evolved from the earth uh, you're going to look at the complexity of the watch and see its timekeeping mechanisms and say Obviously this had a watchmaker there had to be a watchmaker and his argument was an argument. That's used now from um, uh, Creationists that debate the subject and uh, they call it the argument of complexity and you mentioned earlier irreducible complexity a man by the name of Michael Behe coined that term Uh, And he wrote some very complex books on it. Darwin's black box. I think was one of them Uh, And he would take a different theory than what we would say here today, but uh, He he does use a good argument talking about you look at the complexity of the human cell you look at the complexity of um, Oh goodness DNA you mentioned DNA RNA you mentioned uh, different things Um, if you look at the complexity Why would you look at a watch? That really is not all that complex. Stop and yeah, Think about it.
1: Let me say this. Uh, when I was a kid growing up in the 60s, I had an aunt and uncle that owned a jewelry store in Madison, West Virginia, a little small coal mining town. He, uh, he was a watch repairman. And he had this little workshop. And, and back then, it was primarily just watches that you wind up. And uh, those watches would go bad. And he had this workshop and he had this magnifying glass that he would—he wore glasses and he attached this magnifying glass to his glasses. And he had these little teeny tiny tools and I would watch him and he would take these watches apart and these little teeny tiny gears and the, the, the spring in them and he, he would take these watches apart and repair them. It, it, was, it was amazing to watch him and, I, and uh, I'd seem to get frustrated sometimes. But, and when you're talking about finding a watch, especially a wind-up watch... That didn't happen by accident, and evolution's like they they hate they hate the watchmaker <laughs> they hate the watchmaker uh, theory. But design implies a designer.
0: Yes, uh, one of the things I do want to do here is talk about is evolution compatible with the Bible, and I'm gonna good, just go ahead and tell you flat out it really isn't, uh, and we're gonna attempt to go through the word of God just for a few moments here. This isn't going to be, again, it's an inexhaustible subject, so we can't do this in depth. But I just thought it'd be neat for us to take about 30 minutes and talk about this and try to walk through the word of God. So me and Brother Ross are going to do this together. We'll both have comments, I'm sure, as we go through it. But uh, for instance, let's just start with Genesis 1 and 1. And really, this is what it all comes down to. You, He mentioned worldviews. Uh, Either you have a creationist worldview or an evolutionary worldview. You can't have both. You can't marry the two. A lot of people claim that they do. You have, for instance, let's just talk about the different ideas out there. Okay. You've got creationism. Then you've got old earth creationism. And new earth creation, or uh, newer, relatively new, uh, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000 maybe max years old right. uh, versus billions and billions and billions yeah. of years. Uh, and then you've got something called uh, evolutionary creationism, which accepts all of the tenets of evolution uh, while still trying to say, well, we still believe the Bible, but that creates all kinds of problems. And And I want to point this out. Uh, One of the reasons why is because in our modern society, we're facing a day where uh, the scientific naturalism has pushed uh, Christians against the wall and has said, you're an idiot if you don't believe in the theory of evolution. If you don't believe in evolution as a fact. They they don't even like the word theory anymore. They've taken that out. Uh, While I'm thinking about it, there's a book I do recommend called Icons of Evolution by Jonathan Wells. It uh, talks about the fact that all of the uh, main things that they use in your textbooks that are still in textbooks today have been disproven. Uh, one of the ones is Miller's experiment comes to mind. That's actually been disproven. Uh, what's that? The
1: Moss, I believe. Or uh, maybe
0: yeah. I thought it was Miller's. Uh, may- I could be wrong. I might be. But um, it has uh, actually been disproven and that's still they still have it in textbooks today. Um, right, right, and right. so there is, uh, you know, this, this experiment where he injected the chemical. Yes, yes, yes. And then also, uh, you know, the picture I mentioned a moment ago, the picture of the evolving monkey into a man. And they talked about the fact that's been disproven. And yes, it is. So it's, it's a good book. I do recommend that. But let's just kind of walk through the book of Genesis. And we're going to see why it'd be a real problem for you to try to marry uh, creation and evolution uh, and definitely to try to marry it to, to, to macro evolution. That would be a disaster. Okay? So let's, let's do this very first verse of the Bible creates a problem here in the beginning. God created. Stop. The word created is an interesting word in the Hebrew. This word is only used to describe the creative acts of God. Period. End of discussion. Uh, and so the word created literally means just what it says. It means to create. All right. So it says God created the heaven and the earth. Okay. Um, now, one of the things I do want to talk about is let's just let's talk about the Big Bang for a second. I think this is important put a subject to talk about. Uh, Einstein's theory of relativity uh, told us at least uh, that the earth had a beginning. Uh, the, that the universe the right. universe had a beginning, excuse me. And so basically because it's constantly expanding. And so if you trace it back, natural logic tells you that if it gets smaller and smaller and smaller, there was a point of beginning, okay? Uh, now from there, you might argue about when that beginning took place, how it took place. But even if you accept the Big Bang, you still have the problem of a beginning because nothing that begins to exist does not have a cause you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. yep. go ahead if you got no, that, yeah but. it
1: goes back to it's it's about origins and and it and you mentioned it a while ago it's it it's speculative in the sense of no evolutionist alive today or it's ever lived was back there at that point of the big bang or at that point of creation and, and again we we go back to <clears throat> it's about which which Foundation do you believe which which foundation do you want to believe and uh, I, as I said when I taught earlier that evolution is a bucket with holes in it and we I mean we could go go down through all of that but I like to you know and I, I think sometimes if you, if you could get Romans 16:19 the very last part of that verse sure. I think sometimes we can spend too much time on the wrong thing and we need to get back to the Bible to get everything into focus. And uh, yes, there is a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, churches can be ridiculed. Oh, they believe in six days. They, they, you know, mm-hmm. they don't believe in the evolutionary. Factor. And you're
0: a total <coughs> idiot if you believe that oh, okay. uh, God created the earth in six days. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about that uh, here for a minute. And I'm going to read this first: Romans and Sixteen nineteen. 16 and 19. Okay. Uh, is this uh, right? For your obedience has come abroad. Yes, yeah, last
1: part of that. Okay,
0: unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I would have you be wise uh, unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Wise yes.
1: concerning that which is yes. good and simple concerning that yes. which yes. E- evil. I, I have seen people that that uh, you know talking about, for example, astrology. People, astrology is of the devil. We don't do that. But people got. Uh, they wanted to know about astrology to the point it messed them up really bad. So so be wise concerning things that are good, the Word of God, and be simple concerning the other things. Don't get so caught up in trying to learn about evolution that you leave the Word of God out of there it.
0: There is an important point that, you just, that just brought back to my mind, something I think is worth talking about. If you look at who wrote the book of Genesis, Moses. Okay, Moses was schooled in Egyptian schools. One of the things that Egypt taught in their schools was that the earth came from an egg and that worms crawled out of the Nile and evolved into human beings. Really, not all that different from the theory of evolution today. But Moses never discusses this in Genesis 1.
1: Nope.
0: He didn't buy it. Okay? Um, And I'm sure that Moses was probably considered an idiot by some people that said, if an Egyptian sat down and read what Moses wrote in Genesis 1, this guy's an idiot. What's wrong with him? You see what I'm saying? So uh, let me just put it this way. The devil knows that one of the greatest ways to get the church to change is through pressure. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Pressure can either cause you to conform or be transformed. That's
1: right. That's right. And
0: so uh, let's look at Genesis 1 and talk about just these verses of Scripture, okay? So it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, number one, uh, the person that believes that the the universe is infinitely old is going to have a problem with that very first verse because they don't like the word beginning. And did you know, before Einstein's theory of uh, 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 relativity, uh, relativity, this this verse right here would have been an even bigger problem than it is today because they did believe that the common theory back then was that it's infinitely old <laughs> i mean if, stop let's think about this and again i don't want to get technical okay but uh things are dangerous when me and brother ross get together anyway. but i don't want to get technical but let's use the concept of infinity for a second let's say you came upon a man that uh, you just randomly walked up on an individual that said, three, two, one, zero. There, I just counted down from infinity. <laughs> what would your thought be? You would know he was lying,
1: right. okay?
0: Because, I mean, the concept of infinity is impossible to, to comprehend. Right. You can't count to infinity, you can't count down from infinity. Right. It's impossible to comprehend, yep. okay? So to talk about the universe being infinitely old, uh, is incomprehensible. Right. And um, so this is, says the very first verse is in the beginning. So it tells us very clearly there was a beginning. God. It tells us what the beginning, how, what started the beginning. God, okay? Uh, God created, created. We talked about that. The heaven and the earth. Now we could talk about what the heaven means, okay? Uh, the heaven and the earth. We could talk about the heaven. Uh, I believe that talks about the universe heaven and the earth okay because some people would say that the bible only has the earth uh in view and ignores the rest of the universe because uh basically they didn't have the knowledge we have today and everybody was a bunch of idiots back then and uh, but honestly, look at, uh, Brother Ross mentioned a, a verse of Scripture in the Bible, when I consider the heavens the work of thy fingers, what is man that thou art mindful of him? He's talking about, and it talks many times about the heaven and the heaven of heavens. So uh, I've heard some people discuss, uh, uh, talking about Bible scholars, talk about the fact that the heaven would be considered the sky, and then you got the heaven of heavens, which would be considered the universe. Mm-hmm. Um and there's debate about that, sure. sure. But let's let's talk about it. in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Already, we've got tons of problems with uh, this concept of an infinitely old earth big bang. and and uh, really big bang. Yeah, um, and we've got a problem here because it says God created. It didn't say that God right. started some sort of evolutionary process right. that it's, evolved because that's the way He sought fit to do it.
1: Right. That's that's the, theistic evolution where someone says, well, I want to believe in God, but then I hear the evolutionists present their side and they say it's fact. And so maybe God's got it all started. Maybe God started the big bang. And uh, then he just put the evolutionary process into, it started the ball rolling. And uh, that would be theistic evolution, but it doesn't fit if we read on. (laughs) Yes.
0: Let's read on. Verse two, and the earth was without form and void. Uh, Let's at least talk about this, and again, this may not be a subject, uh, you know, sometimes I've been accused of getting into things not to get into, Uh, but some people are going to take this and say, well, we can still marry the concept of an old earth with the Bible by calling, you mentioned it earlier, the gap gap theory." theory, okay? And what they'll say is this, and the earth was. And they'll say that word was, should be translated became. So they'll say, and it can be translated that way. That is true. No uh, and the earth, so if you read it this way, this is what they say. And the earth became without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And so they'll say, okay, uh, here, read into this, the fall of Satan to the earth. Satan uh, corrupts the earth and destroys it. Right,
1: that's and,
0: and, well, no, excuse me, Satan corrupts the earth and God in his wrath destroys the earth and then recreates. All right. Uh, and then they'd say, was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Then brings restoration. Here's the problem with that. You can't really marry that with the Bible because the Bible does say God created it in six little days. That is, uh, over and over and over again, it's throughout your throughout Bible. Throughout the Word of God. It's throughout the Word of God.
1: Yeah, the, okay. o- the other problem, too, is is if looking at the gap theory. What the gap theory basically means is between verse 1 and verse 2, there was this, this destruction of the earth. But you're talking about billions of years. Yeah, you're like, talking of about millions and billions of years, in that gap from verse one to verse two. The only problem with that is you have you have a world that's that's full of that's full of uh, disease. It's full of destruction. It's full of uh, a lot of bad things hap- happening during that time. And then gap theory would say, well, verse two, all this bad stuff was happening and uh, and then God began to recreate or restore but we'll find out here in just a few minutes that when God began to create everything was good yeah and uh, that's a good point yes and that's so, a good point so you can't have all this death d- disease and destruction and bloodshed and and then and then God later said the creation was good so
0: yeah and uh, I actually heard a man try to use the gap theory to say that's what happened to the dinosaurs
1: right <laughs> and uh, come
0: on i mean uh again that's pure speculation well,
1: uh, well again where does that thought process come from it comes because an evolutionist said dinosaurs were millions of years ago well th- but adam and eve was only six or seven thousand years ago so then here comes the yes. gap theory
0: boy you and, and you've got to
1: look back and say where does this thinking come from And exactly. trace it down it, it did not come from the word of god it come from Fallible man.
0: Yeah, and attempting to marry. And that is a big issue here, uh, is watch out trying to marry human theory and biblical truth. Good. It's always going to wind up in corruption. Good. Notice what the devil told, he mentioned in, in his lesson. And If you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you go back and listen to it. Uh, because in Genesis 3, the devil changed one word. I've looked at yes, that. He, he did. changed one word. Thou shalt not. He added the word not surely die. Doubt. Okay. Confusing. He introduced doubt and confusion. Be careful in adding human theory to the Bible. Because if you do that, you're going to corrupt biblical truth. It, it's no longer pure. It's like I've used the illustration before. And I did use this illustration in a previous lesson. So, but for the sake of maybe somebody that hadn't listened to that yet. Um, let's just say if I took, Brother Ross, let me ask you. If I took 100 glasses of water, pure water. Okay, you watched me get this water from the fountain—pure water—and I got it. And now, sometimes the church fountain—we we, could argue about how good that tastes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but some days it's good, some it's, days it's not. Drink,
1: it's drinkable. Baby. Yeah, it's
0: drinkable, but <laughs> but you could take all of the uh, all of these pure glasses of water, and I told you, okay, close your eyes for just a moment, and at random, I put a little bit of poison in one, one of, of those glasses, and said, "All right, brother Ross, would you drink any of them? Would you? Nope, nope, because." He understands. Now, there's a one in a hundred chance that you're going to drink that one that's defiled.
1: That's
0: but true. still. Uh, and it's the same thing with the Word of God. You can change one word. and But the Bible says every word of God is pure. And I'm not going to get into all the specifics of that. Um, so let's move on. Let's talk a little bit more here. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said. All right. Here's another problem we got. God said. He created by His Word. Yes. Let me, let me present this, okay? Because if you want to try to marry evolution with creation, then you have to say we can't take this
1: literally. That's, that's true. That's true. And that goes back to uh, if you heard the previous lesson about putting on different glasses. And uh, when you put on the, the, the glasses of evolution, then you look at this it's not in focus anymore. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. We're using the word Mary a lot here, but the Bible says in Hebrews that the worlds were framed how? By the word of By God. By the word of God, and God said, "Let there be light," and on and on down as we I don't know how far we're going to read today. And God said, and God said, and God said. Yes,
0: that was my point in reading that. Yes. God said, but I want you to think about this. One of my favorite verses of scripture in the Bible is John one and one in the beginning was the word, okay? Now that is the the uh, Greek word logos. Uh, and basically what it comes down to is, it can mean concept, plan, thought, we've heard about that, but it literally can also mean spoken word, right? Or written word. Um, and so if you look at what John said, it is a parallel passage with Genesis 1 and 1, uh, Genesis, the book of Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1 1. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. Okay, He's referring back to, to Genesis 1 yes, and 1. He's, and he's using that to say, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. But then if you read on, I think it's verse number 3, it says, uh, all things were framed by the Word of God. Um, in fact, let me read that quickly so I don't misquote it here. Uh, John chapter 1. Please follow along in your Bibles. Uh, It's very important that you do that. Uh, John chapter 1. Here we go. In verse number uh, 1 through 3. This is what I'm referring to here today. Uh, This is a parallel passage with Genesis 1. And uh, John opens his gospel in a totally different way from the other gospels. um, In that... The other gospels kind of, you know, one, Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Mark begins, he just gets right into the picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luke begins by kind of opening his letter. He's writing to a man by the name of Theophilus, and he talks about the birth of Jesus Christ and uh, the birth of John the Baptist. But John opens his totally different. He goes all the way back to the, the beginning. And he says, in the beginning was the word, Okay. Uh, We're going to find out later on that the Word is Jesus Christ, Christ. right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. A lot of things I could say about that. You can't separate me from my Word. Uh, The Word was God. You can't separate God from His Word, okay? And it says the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. By what? The Word. Okay? (laughs) Um, And... This may be a little bit off subject, but let me just say this. You can't read Genesis, uh, John, excuse me, John 1 and 1 and try to read a trinity into that. Uh, right. To read it, that would, would be, in the beginning was the Son, and the Son was with the Father, and the Son was the, the Father, Father. Yeah. was was God, in other words. So you can't read it that way, but maybe we'll talk about and, that in, a, pre- in, a, in yeah. a future lesson. And you
1: may be going down, uh, verse 10 said, He was in the world, the, and the world was made by Him, yes. and the world knew Him not.
0: Yes. Yeah, so. Uh there's a lot we could say about that, but my point mainly is the Bible says over and over again that the world was framed Frame by, by the, the Word world. of God. Right. It It's all made by His Word, okay? And so to, to say that all He did was simply start an evolutionary process actually contradicts the Bible. Yes. It's it's totally different. Okay, you might say, well, his word started the process and it evolved from there. Uh, But that's not what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's look. It says, and God said, verse 3, let there be light, and there was light. Okay, and God saw the light. You mentioned this earlier, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, I'm not going to take time to read all this, but there's several things I want to point out here. Uh, Verse 6 says, and God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. God called the firmament heaven in the evening and the morning with a second day. Brother Ross, you know where I'm going probably with this. The word day. The word day. Let's talk about the word day. Hebrew word. Yom. Yom.
1: Y-O-M. Yom. Every time in the word of God that the word yom is accompanied... By a number, it means one literal 24-hour day.
0: Now, some people would try to argue, and they'd say it can also mean ages. There's a problem with this, uh, a big problem, okay? Because the Bible, it's one thing to say, well, it could mean uh, ages. But the Bible over and over says it talks about six literal six days. Six literal days, uh, days And we are, we're going to read on later. Let's get down. Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse number uh, one and two. And I'm, I'm, I want to make a very important point here. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he rested from all his work, which God created and made. Now we know this is the institution of the Sabbath, right? This would be forever recognized as the Sabbath, correct? Right. right. And so uh, that was a literal day that they were to rest. Absolutely,
1: yes, right.
0: And if it's just an age, there should be a whole seventh age that we should be celebrating, not just a literal day. Right. So it does nonsense to the doctrine of the Sabbath, which is obviously an extremely important doctrine in the Bible. Doctrine means teaching, by the way. Right, right. did you have a point you wanted to make there? Uh,
1: I was trying to think of the verse of Scripture. I believe it's in Exodus that just really yes. confirms uh, that God, uh, he created all things in six days and on the seventh day he rested. My, my daughter
0: could quote us that verse. <laughs> okay, but, uh, <laughs>
1: I'm trying to, trying to remember. But that let, me,
0: let me use this. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, Exodus chapter 20, and I'm going to read God's commandment. This is obviously known as the Ten Commandments, right? right? right. Let's read what he said about the seventh day. Watch this. Okay, uh, let's back up to verse eight. So this is Gen- uh, Exodus. Excuse me, Exodus chapter twenty and verses eight through ten. Now watch this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Okay, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. Now the Israelites took this literally.
1: Right. It, and again, that that's the same. That's the same uh, Hebrew word. That's in Genesis, yes. Yom, yes. and it's accompanied by a number, and it means one literal 24-hour day. Exactly. And I guess, and I didn't mean to interrupt in that no, thought process, right. but I, I, I'm i thinking someone someone said, you know, evolutionary thought process, take, you know, we'll look at the world and the universe. It would take millions of years. I, I, I think a better way to look at it is God didn't have to take six days, you know. Yeah, you could exactly. You could look at it in a sense of, wonder why it took him so long. Yes. <laughs> because he's God. But uh, he, he had a plan and he, he, he sorted all that out in the six literal days of, of creation.
0: I do think, uh, and let me just read verse 10 just for the sake of reference, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it, it, thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant and thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within uh, thy gates. And there's a, a story told later on in the Bible about a man that was found gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. God told him to kill the man, to stone him. Right. That's how important it was. But it was on a literal a day, day, not an
1: age. Right. Verse 11 says, for in six days, yes, the Lord that's made That's the heaven. verse you're talking that's about. That's the one I was looking for. For in six days, Yom, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, yes. and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it.
0: And they say context without uh, excuse me a text without a context is a pretext. Uh, in, in context, he had just got through talking about a literal Sabbath day, and then he says, "In six days he created, right. and on the seventh day he rested." Okay, right. so you cannot marry um, this this concept of theistic evolution. You you can uh, you cannot marry the two. It's right. they're incompatible.
1: And that's where I would just go back to say, you know, that people. And, and usually just people coming to church and live for God may not face the kind of pressure that, you know, that others would. But they could face pressure in the sense of being confused and, and coming into doubt if they, they hear something on the radio or, or read a magazine article. I know my mother-in-law gets National Geographic, which I'll read some of it, and then some of it I read, and, and it has this evolutionary thought process. But somebody could get hear that and read it and get confused by that. I just encourage you to to get back to the Word of God. When you get that confusion, that's not coming from God. That's coming from from the lie of the devil. Yes. And, uh, and just get back to the Word of God. That will always bring things back to center.
0: Um, I have found uh, several books that I've read, and they talked about how to get somebody to believe in the concept of God. And they mentioned one of the facts is a lot of times, people that want to disprove the Bible start seeking to find contradictions in it, right? That's true. And so they'll bring that up, but they say, look, let's let's go back to the basics of the Bible itself and let's talk about Jesus Christ. Okay? Yes. Defined as the word. Uh, In the Bible is really the New Testament uh, and Old Testament we find out in the New Testament, John 5, 39, uh, that Jesus said, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. So we know that both the Old and New Testament are all about Jesus. Jesus. And if you find out, all you got to do is investigate Jesus of Nazareth. He was a historical figure. His grave is still empty. Uh, It's been proven by history that his grave was empty. Uh, He's testified in extra biblical literature, not just in the Bible itself. That's true. Um, And even extra biblical literature talks about his miracle working ability. Uh, The Babylonian Talmud, I think it is, calls it sorceress works, but uh, that obviously implies some sort of supernatural something was going on there. Uh, Josephus talks about him; very high praise coming from Josephus, who was not a Christian Christian. uh, and a Jew opposed to Christianity. Hated by the Jews himself, by the way. Uh, but, you know, this is this is one thing I want to talk about is the fact of, you know, if you're going to try to marry the Bible and uh, the theory of evolution, what you're going to end up coming away with in the end is doubt.
1: Right. That's exactly right. That, that's exactly right. I'd like to take a couple minutes if I could here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and I thought about this when I'm, when I was praying and, and thinking about things to use um, for the lesson on creation versus evolution. I didn't use it, but we'll we'll use it here. Um, I want you to pay pay attention here. We it, you should be well aware of the book of Acts, Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that the Holy Ghost was poured out, and they began to speak with other tongues. Yes. And uh, refer to our
0: lesson on water and spirit if you're not familiar with these concepts. We've taught a lesson on water and spirit uh, that walked all the way through the Book of Acts, good, uh, harmonizing that with the Gospels, and also it's discussed in uh, our Apostolic Apologetic series quite a bit. So okay, good. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So so Acts chapter two. Read it. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Uh, multitude was there They came together. They were confounded. They heard people speaking in tongues. And uh, and they, they were amazed and marveled. Well, there was a man that stepped out of the crowd and began to preach a message, and that was Peter. And uh, you can read about the message that he preached, but there's a couple things I want to point out here. He, he preached, and they, and they were pricked in their heart, and he said, Repent and be baptized in Jesus' name, and they would receive the Holy Ghost. And uh, the Bible says that the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. This is what I want, want to point out. Peter was preaching to Jews. Jews had a foundational truth. They had, a, they had the foundation of the truth of the Word of God that there was a God and that he was the creator. He was preaching to people that already believed that God was creator. They already had that foundation. So when he preached to them, he didn't have to try to prove that there was a God. He didn't have to prove that uh, God created everything, the world that they're standing on and all that they see. They knew that already. That was their foundation. Yes. So when he preached to them and made them realize that, and they they knew about the promise of the Messiah all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, all the way through the rest of the Old Testament, the promise of the Messiah. These people had the foundational truths, and so when he preached, uh, they gladly received his word and were baptized, and there was added to them about 3,000 souls. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to Acts chapter 17 and the Apostle Paul. Yes. Different crowd here. Uh, Paul finds himself in Greece. And uh verse sixteen, I'm just gonna kinda kinda read through here. Uh, Acts chapter seventeen, verse sixteen. Jonas's sermon
0: on Mars Hill, by the way.
1: Yes, that is exactly right. Now when Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, verse 17, therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with him that met with him. Verse 18, then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and the Stoics encountered him and and, and some said, what will this babbler say? Other some, he, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Let me pause here and we'll read on. Now he's with a group of people these aren't Jews they don't have they don't have the foundation of of believing in the one true living god they don't have a foundation of the one true living god creating everything that they see these are philosophers they come up with all these ideas and they 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 try to think things through and and they even they come up with their own gods and they make statues to their gods and so this is a totally different group of people that That Peter preached to on the day of Pentecost. Verse 19 says they took him and they brought him to uh, Areopagus which is Mars Hill um, and says may we know this new doctrine whereof you're speaking about, I'll paraphrase a little bit, Mm -hmm. verse 20, for thou thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know therefore what these things mean. Verse 21, for all the Athenians and strangers which were uh, there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Philosophers, they're sitting around coming up with new ideas, new gods, new whatever. Verse 22, then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Mm-hmm. Listen, Listen to what Paul had to do right at the very beginning of his message. He says, I passed by and beheld your devotions. I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Uh, I guess the Greeks didn't want to miss, miss out on any of the gods, so they made okay. one to the unknown God. Okay, so they might have been one that they missed. Sure. Whom, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare unto you. I'm, I'm here to tell you today, Paul said who this God is that you don't know, yeah. and so I'm going to tell you about him. But listen to verse 24. What's the first thing he has to tell these people? Yeah, Verse Good 24, point. God that made the world and all things therein. He had to give them the right foundation yes. that this God he's telling about is the creator, and he made everything, seeing that, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwell in temples, not made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life, and hath made of one blood all nations. And uh, we, we could go on there. Uh, and by the way, you don't, you don't read where, where 3,000 souls were added that day. Yeah, that's, because that's a good point. Because they, yes, sir. they had—that's the first time they heard the truth. Yeah, and I'll say you can hear a, th- a lie a thousand times and the truth once. It's going to take you a while to accept sure, that truth.
0: Exactly. You kind of have to digest it, and uh, it's hard to swallow. The truth is hard to swallow.
1: If you know, one thing I thought
0: was interesting. I read a book recently, uh, and I do recommend <laughs> this book, although he does take a little bit of a different uh, concept of biblical creationism than I would take. Uh, Lee Strobel. Uh, he wrote the Case 4 series, Case for Christ, Case for Faith. He wrote a book called The Case for a Creator. And um, I have not finished the book. I'm about 60% of the way through, according to Kindle. But um, the book is, is interesting. But one thing I thought was fascinating to me is he said when he was in uh, he was in school, and he'll never forget the first time that the theory of evolution was presented to him as a fact. Okay, Obviously, they, they pushed it that way. And he said... It didn't take much evidence to convince him. Wow. And I thought that was fascinating because he admitted in the book, he said it appealed to his desire to do what he wanted to do.
1: Not accept God.
0: And see, this is what I want to tell you. Eve, it didn't take a whole lot of evidence to convince her. You oh, see what I'm saying? I'm not because not they'll die. point, they'll point, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She if all the devil did, he said, You shall not surely die. She didn't say, Well, prove that. No, because it appealed to to her flesh. It, it appeals just, to a desire.
1: It gives a justification to sin.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But this is what I want to present is one of the reasons why evolution has been so successful, the theory of evolution, uh, is because it appeals to the flesh. Good point. But let's consider the big implications of evolution for a moment because I think it appeals to the here and now. It appeals to how you feel and what you want to do. Okay. But on the flip side of that, when you die, you're going to go in the ground and you're going to rot for a billion years. Uh, and someday uh, we're all going to be destroyed anyway. Right. It's true. So, uh, you know, really, it doesn't help your worldview much. No. <laughs> I mean, it may make you like, well, good. I can go out and party and I can sleep around and I can do drugs and, and I don't have to answer to anybody. But in the end, you're going to die and your life's going to be nothing but a waste and it's without purpose and without meaning. So you might as well just kill yourself. That's what a lot of people do. That's true. They think, in fact, I heard one man, he took it to the extreme. His name's David Wood. He's an apolo- uh, 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 apologist. Um, he kind of focuses on Islam now. But uh, in the beginning, basically, I'll just I'll kind of give the, the brief version of his story that he was an evolutionist and he took it to what I would think would be a natural uh, progression, in that he believed, well, uh, why is it wrong for me to kill somebody? We all, you know, I'm, right. we're, I'm just a product of evolution, and I'm trying to survive. That survival yeah. of the fittest. Pastor yeah. mentioned it tonight. Yeah, survival exactly of the right. fittest.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And and yeah, go so, ahead.
0: So what he did was, uh, he one day, he just he decided, well, what does it matter if I kill my dad? So he took a uh, some type of a sledgehammer, took it to his father, and thought he killed him, and uh, walked away that day. His dad somehow survived uh, with with terrible, you know, fallout from all that, uh, and is still I think is almost virtually very close to brain dead. I mean, he still lives somehow, but uh, anyways, he took it to to what I would think would be the natural progression uh, of the of the theory of evolution. in that, exactly right. What what's the purpose for morality? It's kind of like, if I could just use this quickly, and I know we're kind of all over the map today, <laughs> but maybe this will kind of give you a few things to think about. That's really the goal of this right. anyway, yeah. just to make you think. Uh, I'm not thinking that you know, a scientist is gonna listen to this and be absolutely convinced <laughs> by our uh, irrefutable arguments. Uh, but one thing I do wanna say is, uh, you say, well, if there is a God, why is there so much evil in the world? Why is there a sickness? Why is there a disease? Why is there a this and that? Well, there's a biblical answer to that. The fall brought about a lot of that. Yes. Uh, but one thing, uh, if I could just present to you, the the problem of evil does not disprove the existence of God.
1: Exactly if anything, right. it proves it. Exactly. Right.
0: Because what? Do you, why do you call evil evil? Where, where do you right. get your definition of evil? Uh, if if we're all just product of evolution, what's the definition of evil? What You can't have evil without an ultimate definition of good. What's your standard? Yeah, what's your standard? You have to have some sort of a standard to go by. It's kind of like the statement, the self-defeating statement. There's no such thing as absolute truth. (laughs) Why do I have to accept that statement? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, It's like a girl, I I heard an argument. I apologize if I'm all over the map today, but uh, I heard a girl try to use that argument, and she basically said, well, from my perspective, um, you know, I see you from a certain angle, but you see me from a different angle. And a person sitting next to me would see you from a slightly different angle. And the man's response to that was, he said, "Yes, but no matter what the perspective, I am standing at a certain point in this room." Good. And so it's it's kind of like the thing. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as is uh, absolute truth is a self defeating statement because you're claiming that that statement is truth. Right. <laughs> and uh, right. Let me let me just kind of talk about the concept of, of let's get back to the the subject here of evolution itself um it is a theory regardless of what scientists are going to tell you regardless of what can i speak to the college students your teacher's going to tell you it is a theory uh and it's an evolving theory
1: and, yeah and notice irony what i said yeah, <laughs> it evolves
0: science is evolving There's a, I think somebody mentioned the fact there's a library in Paris, France, that is nothing but outdated science books. That's pretty neat. (laughs) And uh, because science is constantly changing. Constantly changing. It's constantly changing. I I read this, and I wanted to share this. I looked up the definition of evolution on the internet. So it's a simple internet search. Do it yourself. And I found this on yourdictionary.com. And it says this evolution is defined as the process of growth and development, or the theory that organisms have grown and developed from past organisms. Is, uh, organisms. Watch this. An example of evolution is how cell phones have changed over time. <laughs> and I sit there and I read that and I thought, an example of evolution is how cell phones have changed
1: over time, but the cell phone was made. It was made, it was designed. It was <laughs>
0: uh, that's
1: bizarre. <laughs> it is. It really is bizarre. That's, a, that's an amazing. It's amazing for them to use uh, that type of example.
0: Yes, because I mean, you can't argue the fact that se- that cell phones were made. They had a designer. Right. Yeah. It's just right.
1: Mind blowing. Um,
0: and I know this is kind of going on long. Did you have something you wanted to add?
1: Oh, I'm just uh, th- th- good. Good discussion. And, and those that are listening. It's I think by now you you realize it's obvious that we didn't have notes and plans on this, but we just wanted to have a discussion. Of uh, as we talked about this, whatever God would lay on our hearts to talk about today, um, there there is a problem with the morality thing you mentioned. Um, evolutionary thought process creates Hitler's, and uh, yes, and true, and so uh, Hitler and, so
0: and Stalin, by the way,
1: yes. And I, I look I look at the our our generation, our the the society that we live in, and I, I've lived long enough that I've I've seen a, a different society. It's just the the world I live in is not the world I grew up in, and there has been, uh, and there has been this this evolutionary process thought process put into people over and over and over. Well, if if I'm just a a highly uh, evolved animal, what where's the right or wrong? Where's the where's the standard of, of morality at? I can do anything I want to do because. Because there is no God, there there is no standard, and that's that's the ultimate uh, conclusion of of evolution. Mm-hmm. And then, so we look at a society, and people have no no conscience to walk in and, and steal stuff. They have no conscience to murder somebody. That, it, there's because when you when you take away the word of God and the foundation of the word of God out of out of individual lives and out of society, we see. We see exactly what's what's going to happen in our in our world that we live in today. We see a godless society, and uh, the more you take God out and put the devil in, mm-hmm. you're going to. It, we see it right now.
0: Yeah, um, you know, you could say, well, why is it wrong for you to imprison somebody else? You know, why is it wrong for you to kill somebody else? Why is it wrong for you to rape somebody? Uh, and it, from it, an it, it evolutionary would,
1: thought process, there really why is
0: nothing it? wrong with it. From an evolutionary, from an evolutionary yeah, thought yeah. process. Uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about before we close this lesson out. We're clocking in at like 55 minutes at okay, this point. Okay, <laughs> It's funny how quickly time passes yeah, when you get strange. on this subject. but um, Genesis 2, I, I want to talk about this because to me, this is the clearest indication of why you cannot marry uh, evolution and uh, at least macroevolution mm-hmm. and the Bible. okay? Look at this, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. No, he did not evolve. Uh, God formed him. Okay. And to me, this is the verse that absolutely destroys the concept of uh, evolution as defined by science. Yeah, it just totally destroys it because it says the Lord God formed. And uh, you could say, well, even evolution teaches that uh, we're all from a natural ancestor. You can trace us all back to a natural ancestor. Yes, but not in the biblical sense, not in the biblical sense in the least. OK, um, and so you say, well, what do you do with with fossil record and all of that? Look, it comes down to what Brother Ross mentioned uh, earlier, your worldview. Because if you accept the Bible as the Word of God, and you look at that, it it will ha- it will cause you to look at everything from that perspective. Versus if you take the naturalistic viewpoint, it'll cause you to look at everything through that perspective. And so you're going to doubt anything that claims to be miraculous. Well, there's got to be an explanation. If I can't observe it and I can't test it, there's got to be an explanation. Look, uh, you can't you can't take that too far because you weren't there in the beginning, and you don't know what happened. And you're trusting what somebody's telling you happened.
1: Right. That's
0: really what it comes down to. Right. so you want to say, Well, you put your faith in the Bible. Well, you're putting your, your faith, faith in people that claim that they can prove what happened in the beginning when in really all honesty they weren't there.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and you
0: can't observe and you can't recreate the atmosphere. They've been trying and you they can't tried. do it. Yeah. yeah. And you can't get life. You mentioned earlier talking about uh, primordial soup. You can't get life. From that. There's no never way happened. around that God, problem.
1: God gives life, period. God, God gives life, period. And they'll never create life. They, again, you you can give them everything that makes up life as scientists. They'll never get life out of it. Because exactly. Because God, God gives the life,
0: period. Exactly. So to me, uh, to anybody out there that's listening, maybe like me, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and make confession here today, that there was a time in my life that I did believe kind of an old earth, uh, maybe a little bit of, of micro evolution mixed in there. Um, and Brother Ross, I think you were talking about that kind of was, may have been your perspective at one point. At one
1: point. It, to, to me, it was, you know, we talk about the revelation of one God. To me, this was almost a revelation, too. And it might It mean, is a revelation. Yes. That's yes. very important. Yeah. Yes. It, it was, it, it was, it's up there with the revelation of one God, you know, in a, in a sense. You understand what I'm saying? And, but when. When I, when I realized I was always trying to fit it all you know all these scientists evolutionary science I was trying to fit in their in, in their doctrine with what I knew about the word of God and it always confused me but when I one day I said wait a minute my confusion's not from God my the, the Bible says the devil is a liar yes and so I realized that I was being lied to where was the lie coming from it wasn't coming from God's word it was coming from it was coming from naturalists who presented an evolutionary doctrine. Once I got that revelation, then I said, I just need to believe the, the Word of God for yes. what it said. Then everything started everything started falling into place. I saw the world from a biblical worldview and then everything made sense.
0: Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion, confusion. but of peace. Uh, and that's really what it comes down to. So if you're confused today, God's not the author of the confusion. That confusion came from your teacher probably, <laughs> uh, from science books. But it didn't come from uh, God and it didn't come from his word. So I we challenge you today to go back to the basics. You may say, well, you both you guys are idiots because it's obvious that you have no real scientific training. Look, I believe it. it's all in going back to the basics. If I'm going to try to talk to somebody that believes in the theory of evolution to the nth degree... <laughs> Um, then all I'm going to try to do is go back to the basics because it doesn't matter. And I, I know guys out there that that try their best to use science to prove the existence of God. And, and you can do that if you want to, but I see them have very little success. They might present good arguments, but I don't see a whole lot of converts come out of that uh, because really it's all about going back to the basics. What is your worldview? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Let me just present it here today, that uh, I'll just challenge you. The proof is in the pudding. Uh, I've used this illustration before, and I will say this in closing, and maybe if you could offer a few comments about this. uh, Brother Ross, I'm sure you might have something good to say about this. I got to thinking about it one day, and I used this uh, one time I was teaching at the prison. Um, I said, let's just say that uh, you heard about a restaurant that opened in town, a brand new restaurant. Right. you had uh, a couple friends that went to the restaurant and you're trying to decide, should I go? Is it worth the money? It's kind of expensive. Should I go and, and waste the money, you know? If it's not any good, it will just be a waste. And so you talked to one friend, he said it was awesome, it was amazing, and so you thought, well, maybe maybe I will go. And then you talked to another friend, he said, it was terrible, man, terrible service, horrible food, made me want to vomit. And you say, well, I guess I, I won't go, but then I got these two conflicting opinions. So then you go on the internet and you read, and you got five star reviews and you got one star reviews and you're all mixed up and you're confused. Well, how, how then do I see whether or not it's a good restaurant? Well, just go check it out. and the Bible's that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible has principles that work yes, and they've worked for thousands of years, and I tell you they can work for you today. and really that that's what it comes down to.:
1: Yes, amen. 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 Uh, uh, you know the, the word of you know we say the word of God is true. I, I know it because it works mm-hmm the room that i'm sitting in right now on the wall there's a light switch and i i can say that if right now the room the lights are on but if the lights were out and i would say you know what there's a light switch on the wall and we could turn it on and we can get light and we can say that and say that and say that but until somebody goes over and flips the switch we're going to be sitting here in the dark yes sir and i encourage you try the word of god god will not let you get down his word is true and because it works, when God says He's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost, if you repent, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. It works. And 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 if God says He's going to heal you, and you, and a man of God prays over you, praise a prayer of faith, prayer of faith, you're going to be healed. The Word of God works. Um, and I teach I teach young people a lot, and I always tell them this. And I'll we'll, we'll finish up here and have a word of prayer. Um. I say, young people, you know, you hear a lot of good teaching. You hear a lot of good preaching from the man of God. And we try to teach the Word of God about about Bible truths. And we can teach to you about uh, the oneness of God and the plan of salvation. But I, I say, you've got to get it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got to get it in your heart. It's it's great that you've got great preachers and, and, and those in leadership. I said, but get it for yourself.
0: Yes, excellent. I'm reminded of this verse of Scripture, and I just pulled it up while you were talking. Uh, Psalm 119, 130, "...the entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple." And obviously light, you look it up in the Bible, it means revelation a lot of times. It's talking about revelation. It brings light, brings understanding. If you approach the world through a biblical worldview, you'll have understanding that the simple will not have. That's the truth. Even the intelligent. The Bible says the wisdom of the world's foolishness to God uh, so I don't care if they have a PhD. I don't care if they have two or three PhDs. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Bible tells us that the entrance of his word will give light. It will give you understanding. But it all comes down to, you know, if it, if it's true, it'll work in your life. And I promise you that the word of God will work in your life if you apply its principles. Brother Ross, let's, let's say a word of prayer over anybody that's listening to this because I know there's people out there that's probably struggling with some of the concepts we taught today and they may think well uh, these guys don't have PhDs so they don't know what they're talking about but let me good. just say that that's not what it's about it's not about PhDs there's a lot of guys out there that have three or four PhDs that are nothing but a liar that's the truth uh, and they really don't have any understanding at all yeah. the Bible says the fool has said so, in his so heart too. there is no God and I like what one man said. He said, you look in the King James Version. He said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The word there is is italicized. Take it out. The fool has said in his heart, no God.
1: No God. That, and that's the beginning of the evolutionary doctrine.
0: Yeah. No God. It's, there is no God, but that, that evolves from <laughs> no God. Right. You see what I'm saying? Because they say, I want to excuse my sin. Right. I want to do what I want to do. Yeah. And so I'll do it Intellectually. Right. All right, let's pray. Praise God. Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity we've had to discuss the Word of God. And I do feel the Holy Ghost today. And I pray, Lord, that somebody listening to this would be ministered to. We can't answer all of their questions, and I'm sure they're still going to have questions when they get through listening to this podcast. But, Lord, you're able to take the pieces maybe that we couldn't put together today, and you could put those pieces together in their life. God, would you speak into their heart? Give them understanding and revelation through your word. God, I pray that you would let this begin a journey for them into investigating your word, trying it for themselves. Your word promised us that we can get the Holy Ghost and it's still available to us today. The proof is in the pudding. God, I pray, minister to a soul and let them be saved in Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Bible 101. And hopefully you enjoyed this discussion. Make sure to follow us on Podbean. It helps us to become more uh, visible to people that need to hear the gospel. And also, please uh, leave comments. Um, I do monitor the comments, so make sure it's appropriate for everybody to read. But uh, please leave comments. I'd be glad to know what you think of this particular podcast.
1: Thank you for listening.